Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Morning, everyone. It is Sunday, May 17th, and we, of course, of course, are doing our daily financial news. Yes, we do this each and every day. So if you would like to see what's going on in the financial world, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. If you find an interesting article, feel free to leave it below in the comments. So really what we're talking about this Sunday morning is the week ahead. Uh, the week ahead is really going to be dominated by results from some pretty big retailers. So we'll get into that in a minute. But let's first start off with some information I've read about J.C. JCPenney's. Uh, JCPenney's filed for bankruptcy. Uh, I believe it was official Friday, uh, but now kind of the details of their filing are coming out. They actually had an emergency Saturday uh, bankruptcy session. And uh, a couple of things. First off, there is a clock on this. It looks like they have set up about a 60-day window to see if they should continue operating. Uh, They've gotten some short-term capital to keep paying uh, non-furloughed employees uh, and to help with opening stores uh, because that is really killing them. Uh, They really don't have an online presence of note. Uh, Their physical stores have been shut like all others, uh, so they've been bleeding capital. But what I find interesting besides the 60-day clock on this is one of their only hopes, really, is it appears that JCPenney's has about $1.4 billion in real estate that's unencumbered. So they own it, and they own it free and clear. So one of the things they are looking at doing is spinning off uh, basically creating two companies, right? JCPenney's as a whole today, retail operation, real estate, all of that. They're going to become two different entities. One is JCPenney's, the retailer, uh, who will then do a, a sale lease back to JCPenney's, the REIT, right? Basically big box retailer. Uh, they're basically doing this because they think they can raise capital because the physical assets, the real estate has value. Uh, They're looking to potentially spin off up to 35% of that value in that uh, real estate portfolio uh, via a REIT uh, in the public markets. I just feel for JCPenney's. (laughs) Can you imagine a worse time to be spinning off box retailers? Yes, you're going to have a a lease, right? Because JCPenney's will lease its own stores. But man, anybody have faith in how long they'll be able to lease those stores back? And if they should go out in 12, 24, 36 months, what's the value of those properties today? Uh, In the documents, again, not validated, uh, it looks like they value the real estate when full and operating at $1.4 billion, as I shared earlier. But they tried to put a value on it uh, dark basically not operating and they thought it almost half 704 million dollars uh i think that's interesting for jc pennies but again you should read this data and think about all the other reits out there 
right? So basically what JCPenney's is telling us is the real estate has a certain value when it's full, right? Producing income, lease rates, obviously. But if it's dark, it does have value, but it's about 50%. So think about Simon Properties. Think about all these other big retailers who are about to have tons of vacancies. Then think about their loan portfolio, which is maybe at 60, 65%. What JCPenney's is telling us is those loans are upside down, at least a little bit, right? So all this data we have to tie together. So again, this JCPenney's filing is interesting, not only for JCPenney's plan, but more importantly, what does it mean for other operators? And I go all the way back to follow the money. Mall operators, REITs, but who has the ultimate buck? It's the banks. This is, this is why the banks are performing so badly because they have office and other commercial loans that are underwater, right? They have a first position at 65%, but suddenly the value is worth 50. You're in trouble, right? So not, uh, not a fun place to be in. Uh, as for who reports next week, again, it's going to be our big retailers, uh, Walmart reports. Everybody's expecting them to have blowout numbers. They report Tuesday morning. Uh, they're estimating a 6% uh, growth um, in revenue. Uh, that's probably light, right? Because they actually are the largest grocery store now when you look at actually uh, units of goods sold. So uh, a lot of people have been shopping there. Uh, Target uh, is expected to be up 8%. Uh, again, I actually remember Target's last quarterly earnings where the CEO came out and just basically wet himself. It was not a, not a, good, not, not a good report. Hopefully he does better this time because that was a he talked down his company. It was not a good idea. Um, that's on Wednesday. Home Depot and Lowe's both report. Again, big box retailers. Home Depot and Lowe's, again, in most states were open because they were essential. Not all states, but most. Uh, they're looking at Home Depot up 5%, Lowe's up 1%. This is, again, expectations for revenue. Uh, Home Depot is on Tuesday after hours and Lowe's is Wednesday after hours. And then again, we continue the running list. We have Kohl's coming out and L Brands. Uh, both of these are expected to be down. Uh, Kohl's one and a half and L Brands down 2.4%. So again, uh, a lot of retail data. We saw the collective retail sales down on Friday from memory was like 16.7%. Uh, clothing was the big hitter. Uh, so it is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm doing, you know, lots of more people are talking about retirement, right? There's a lot of baby boomers looking to retire. It's, it's tough to retire in a recession. Um, they've gone back and looked at um, kind of the impact of 08. Uh, they actually called it uh, When Granny Works at McDonald's. I thought that was an interesting title. Uh, but basically, they're looking at potentially 3.1 million people uh, that were set up to retire comfortably. I'm not sure what comfortably means. Uh, but now being forced uh, into poverty uh, because of all of this. So it is interesting uh, to look at. So again, um, you've got to take control of this. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the viewers of this channel, as I've given credit to the last couple of days, created the uh, K-based recovery. Uh, and we are at that decision point. You need to take control of your situation, your family situation, and do whatever you can uh, to make sure you are on the right side of this recovery, because there will be a lot of people that uh, don't recover from this recover, um, don't recover very well, and are are struggling after this. A lot more talk about is this a depression or a recession? 
again, I've talked about this in the past. I think it is interesting um, to look at uh, because when you talk about a depression, we need to think about depth and duration, right? It is both of these things that typically go into uh, the t- discussion of what what what's bigger than a recession and, and when to call it a depression. And we could be suffering uh, our first depression in a you know a hundred years or so. So first off is the depth. Uh, I don't think there's any questions that the Q2 numbers that will be reported for unemployment and GDP contraction will meet the threshold of calling it a depression. Uh, you know, unemployment likely to peak at 25% when reported by the government, but probably in the 30s, which is just so tragic. And then the GDP shortfall, uh, there are more and more reports now, people estimating over 30%. I actually saw one this morning at 42%. I just can't fathom that. That is that is within a whisper of 50%. What the heck do we do to ourselves? We did this, right? So pretty um, pretty frightening. Um, again, shutting down the company country is, is going to have ripple effects throughout the bankruptcies, mergers, um, acquisitions. It's going to be a pretty active couple of years. Uh, then you know, I just read a report about small auto suppliers, right? You shut down auto sales, basically development and sales. Now the auto suppliers, that whole supply chain, struggling, right? They typically get paid on finished goods 30, 60, 90 days in arrears, uh, and they are they're struggling. There are going to be lots of bankruptcies uh, in that space, just like so retailers, restaurants. Were obvious to all of us. What we don't realize is the manufacturing supply chain for things like autos and you know goods, other finished goods. It's it's going to be painful, uh, and the you know what I'm afraid of is going to happen is the big get bigger. Right there's there's talk going out there about you know having ten big retailers when we're done. Right, Amazon, Walmart, Target, Kohl's, or I'm sorry, not Kohl's, Home Depot, Lowe's. Um, you know, maybe a couple of more. Maybe that's what happens across our country is we only have 10 big auto suppliers. We only have 10 big hospitals. We only have 10 big this, 10 big that. Are we really better off just crushing the little guy? Um, that is something we're going to have to figure out going forward. So uh, not uh, not not a fun time, uh, but we need to get there. So um Yep. Uh, another thing I'm starting to see a lot of people report on is uh, Warren Buffett. And this is something that uh, gets me to think about. And, um, you know, a lot of people are picking on Warren Buffett. It's kind of the same thing that everybody did in 2006 and seven when he was out of touch. Uh, he has made some pretty bad investments, right? The, the airlines crushed him. Uh, his stock picks have not been... Uh, blowing it out of the water because again he only sticks in his lane uh, right him buying apple what was that last year maybe the year before was like his first thing after buying ibm that didn't work out so i just you know everybody's got to ask themselves do you think warren buffett is out of touch he has had a rough year or are the people that are throwing darts at warren buffett once again being short-sighted uh, because again warren buffett was picked on in 2000 
right, in the dot-com crash, because he wasn't doing that. He was picked on again in 06. And now people are throwing darts at him because he's been a net seller, raising cash during these interesting times. Uh, I am obviously on the short-sighted view of this. I think people not realizing that both Sam Zell and Warren Buffett are raising cash for what they see coming uh, is going to be very, uh, very interesting. And again, they could be wrong. They've admitted that many times, but uh, that is interesting. Um, next up, I got a sort of discussion from the senior economist at Zillow uh, talking about uh, real estate. And, you know, if you follow this channel, you hear me say all the time, you got to learn your market. Uh, I'm probably going to do a video on it later today, just another live stream because it's, I don't think it's going to be ever more important. You've got to learn your market. The way this country is opening up, you know, uh, post health care just means you have to know your market uh, because it, it is going to be so unbalanced, so unnatural. Uh, supply is going to be constrained. Buyers are going to be constrained. It's just going to be a different market for all of us. And I'm not saying it's going to be a bad market. It will be a bad market in some major metros, but I still believe most of the metros out there are going to do well, if not really well, uh, when we break it down. So I want to probably do a video on that later today because it's kind of a, a key topic. Uh, but when you talk about real estate crashing, you got to remember that from 07 to 2012, which is what most people compare this to, um, is... Um, the fall was roughly 25%. When, when, when Zillow's and Redfin's and Case Shiller's and all those people talk about national numbers, that you gotta put that in context, right? The fall from 2007 to 12 was 25%. Uh, the asset of choice that caused this collapse was residential real estate. Uh, it's just not gonna be that way. I just can't, I cannot fathom a 25% drop nationally. Uh, in this current crisis. I could see a 25% drop in certain major metros without question. There's probably five or six that go down 25% in the next 12 to 18 months. But the national numbers, yeah, I'm, I'm on record saying the national numbers will probably be up. Um, so we, we shall see. So at the end of the day, that's what I got for you for the news. Again, the news of the week, at least next week, is going to be retail. It'll be interesting to see what's going on there. Um, let's continue to wish, uh, much luck, if you will, to the states that are opening up. We do not need any more shuts down, shut down. Let's, let's just, uh, move forward cautiously, get this economy going. It was, um, very interesting to see what's going on. So we are paying the price now, but let's recover and move forward. Uh, it is Sunday, so you can look forward to me updating my weekly goals. Uh, I've actually already done the spreadsheet this morning. I just need to record it and I will probably do that you know, learn your market discussion because uh, I think each city or metro across this country is going to offer unique opportunities in the next couple of years. All right, everybody, take care of yourself. And of course, we will do our daily update tomorrow on Monday as well. Thanks. Bye.